0: On today's
1: show, how to keep your financial information safe in a world full of identity thieves, plus an opportunity to get your questions answered about the economy, social security, and retirement. The Get Ready for the Future show starts now.
0: This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And welcome in. It is definitely
1: glad to have you along for another Get Ready for the Future show. My name is Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury to my right, Troy Johnson to his right, as we get ready for Straight Talk About your money, your investments, your retirement. The subject of today's show, how to keep your information safe. We're going to talk about identity theft, securing financial info, how we do it here uh, at Genwell Financial Advisors. So stay tuned for that. But off the top, we're going to tell you about a great opportunity to get your questions answered about Social Security, the economy, investing, retirement, all in a special town hall. It's coming up Uh, at the Delta Hotel in Little Rock this coming Tuesday. December 6th is the date. It is the Financial Security Town Hall. The doors open at 6 o'clock. The program will start at 6.30. Dinner will be provided, and it is all absolutely free to you. But we need to know if you're coming. We need your spot reserved because space is limited. You can reserve it by going to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash academy as we roll into the final month, guys, of 2022 and i think i speak for all of us here and maybe all of us watching and listening we're ready from an investing perspective we are ready for 2022 to be over
2: yeah i would uh, i'd be be fine if it was just like uh you know over now yes. <laughs> can we just cut you know the end off the ham here and uh and jump into 2023 because it's been a weird year guys uh, if you stop and think about it the the markets have been very volatile uh, obviously we've had a little bit of a rebound in in uh, some of the markets the dow is especially, has been up a lot more lately than it has been uh, prior to, oh, let's just say six months ago. Uh, we've had a pretty good run up on the Dow, uh, but the Dow is only 30 stocks. And so, uh, all in all, if you're an investor, you probably have not been real happy with your short-term returns. But I, I just am confounded by this because, Everybody seemed to be reacting from a market standpoint to a recession. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, there's a recession coming, so we need to sell stocks. Have you seen a recession? Nope. Have you seen a recession? Nope. I haven't seen a recession. So I don't know what all the hoopla has been about because GDP is very strong. Fourth quarter numbers are, are actually looking very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you take a look at, at things like uh, uh, unemployment, unemployment is still very, very low. Uh, when you think about company earnings those have been fairly good and so I don't understand why all of the doomsayers have been dooming so to speak I, I don't get it and and so uh, now does that mean that you know happy days are here again we're not going to have a recession 23. I'm not saying that I'm just saying for right now I think there is a lot of pessimism out there and if we've had a recession we've had a recession in
1: consumer confidence
2: and in investor
1: confidence. Right. And and that's really the tricky place that we continue to exist. It's really no different than when we started this progression of rate hikes by the Federal Reserve back in the spring. Right. It's not about the current environment other than inflation. We, I mean there is, that, that obviously has created a struggle for people, but it's really about where are we going next? And we still don't know. I don't I don't know Troy that we know much more as we go to December than we did
3: in March. I would agree with you there. I mean Well, we'll need to see what happens, but I I definitely agree with what John says. I mean, if you look at just the overall economy, there's a couple areas that that give you some concern, inflation being the main one, but there's also some places that look pretty good. So, you know, what do people do now?
2: And and guys, I'm not really in the camp of, oh, we've got to battle inflation because it's going to be a long-term problem. Look, we had two anomalies happen in the economy. Yeah. Uh, Starting in 2020, when we had COVID, we had the anomaly of shutting the economy completely down. So read that to say that we stopped producing goods. So no goods are being produced during COVID, or at least the initial months of COVID. Then we had the government push all this money into the hands of the consumers and into businesses to create demand. So you have this high demand and you have this low supply. Economics 101 tells you that is going to drive inflation. Now, as that is working itself out of the economy and those dollars are being spent and what have you, what are we seeing? We're seeing demand recede a little bit. We're seeing people not do stupid stuff like pay $10,000 over sticker price for a pickup truck or whatever the case may be. And we are seeing inflation beginning to moderate. And I think we're going to continue to see inflation to moderate. And I frankly think the Fed has overdone it with these rises in interest rates, these increases in interest rates. And I think there's a real possibility in 2023, the Fed may be having to retrace and to cut interest rates because it's
1: slowed the economy down too much. Yeah, that's a great thought. You know, you think about it rather than a recession, I think it's been a reset. You know, that's what you're describing. It's been a reset post-COVID. And you think about, we just got a revised uh, GDP number from Q3 of this year, and it was moved up to 2.9 percent. Now, does that sound like a recession? 2.9 percent growth in the third quarter of 2022. And John, you talked about Q4 looking good. According to the Atlanta Fed, the GDP projection for the fourth quarter is 4.3, and that's significantly up from where they were projecting fourth quarter GDP just a few weeks ago.
2: I, you know, I think the danger that we're in right now is that we can talk ourselves into a recession. Yeah, I, I really do. You know, I'm looking at, at Yahoo Finance right now on my iPad here. City warns, Citibank warns, rolling recessions will shake global economy in 2023. What's the evidence? Hmm. Where is the indication that that's going to happen? I, again, I think that, that we can talk ourselves into just about any state of mind that we want to. And I choose not to talk myself into a recession, frankly, that's just kind of where I'm at. Scott,
3: you know, Scott, you mentioned this is a reset, not a recession. And if for anybody that's listening, this is so easy to do. Um, Go to Yahoo Finance, click on S&P 500 on the chart, and then go to the five year chart You can click on that and it'll show you, you know, the the standard stock market chart that goes way up and way down. If you do that, if you were to draw a straight line from where we were at five years ago to where we're at right now, then you'll see on that straight line the market is kind of trending on that line until we reach twenty twenty, until we reach COVID. At that point it takes a a decent dip, then we inject all this money in the economy and it, it goes up. It goes way up, way above that trend line. Well, since you know the start of this year it's come back down and it's basically met that trend line so everybody's acting like they're so surprised, but yeah. we really shouldn't have been. We're, we're just reverting right back to that trend line. Yeah, that's called reversion
2: to the mean in in scientific language. You know, the, the uh, people that are statisticians, I'll get it out in a minute. Uh, they say, they talk about reversion to the mean and basically means that everything's going to come back to an equilibrium or to a normal uh, trend line. And that's what I think the market has done and will continue to do. It will always continue to find that equilibrium. And anytime you have a situation where you have this anomaly on the downside, and you have a big anomaly on the upside driven by all this government money that went into the economy in 2020 and 2021, then you're going to have distortion in the market. And so if you choose to look at the at the last year, you can have a completely different perspective than what Troy has just given you. You've got positive returns on, on the S&P 500 from 2018 to through 2022, but you wouldn't know it if you listen to people that are you know commenting on such things.
1: So we're going to talk a little bit more about the economy on the fastest four minutes in finance this week and to steal a little bit of that thunder as we enter a new month what do you think about december well history says december is usually a pretty good month only once in uh in, in the stock market going back to the 1920s in fact has it been the worst month of a calendar year performance wise that was 2018 we all remember that it wasn't that right. long ago and 75% of the time december has been positive has been in the green so could we have a santa claus rally well if you're not signed up to and subscribe to the fastest 4 you won't get that answer we could look at uh, the possibilities of that in the fastest 4 and if you want to sign up to get that delivered right to your email inbox all you have to do is text the word fast to 501-381-5228 i'll say it again 501-381-5228 text the word fast And we're not there to sell you anything. We're not trying to uh, continue to bombard you with other emails. It'll just be a short video of four minutes or less about the markets and the economy every week delivered to your email inbox. All right, so on today's show, we are talking about how to keep your information safe. We know identity theft is on the rise every year. In fact, in 2021, identity theft made up about 24% of the reports of fraud, identity theft, and other Uh, complaints, that's ID theft, made up about 24% of reports of fraud. According to the FTC, the number of consumer identity theft complaints in the U.S. rose 3.3% to just over 1.43 million in 2021, and that's up from 1.39 million the year before. Most common form uh, of identity theft in 2021, as had been the case the year before was government documents or benefits fraud before this credit card fraud was the most common. So we're going to dive a lot of different places here when it comes to identity theft, but that, that just kind of sets the tone guys of how important it is to take measures, take precautions uh, to keep your financial information safe.
2: You want to ruin somebody's quarter or maybe even half a year, it, it, steal their identity. That's yeah. that's exactly what will happen because it is a mess. You have to talk to so many different people and and oftentimes you have to prove that you didn't do something. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll and identity theft is one of those things that you don't know it until it's already happened. It's not like you see it happening right now. You don't really know it sometimes until it's already happened. And I've had people uh, tell me that they've had mortgages taken out in their name and def- people wow. defaulted on those mortgages and they've got this massive ding on their credit report that they can't get rid of because it's like, oh sure you didn't do that, you know, and, and that type of thing. And so there is a lot around this identity theft thing. And and I think it would be good, first of all, for us to to really talk about the fact that here at Gen Wealth, we are really on top of trying to be sure that your personally identifiable information is secure. Such is the case with all of our our uh, uh, vendors that that help us with our investment programs. The Independent Advisor Alliance and LPL Financial, uh, both of those are platforms where we have investments, and those are all subject to uh, the highest level of security. But you know, the highest level of security at a at a financial institution doesn't do you any good if your identity th- gets uh, stolen as a result of a, of a mistake that you make and and then th- people have access to it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you talked about the uh, cost of that, not only damaging your credit status, cost you time and money uh, to deal with it. Uh, the most recent Consumer Aftermath report from the Identity Theft Research Center focused uh, on the financial and emotional toll of identity crimes, they surveyed people who had had been victims of it twenty nine percent reported having had a prior incident of identity fraud, so it wasn 't even the first time uh, that it had happened thirty two percent reported having financial related identity problems, including credit and credit card related fraud afterward uh, of these one hundred percent indicated that they had been contacted by debt collection services to your point, John. And then, you know, you think about the emotional side, and that's not really a stretch to go to this survey. You would expect this, but 79% of victims report adverse emotional consequences. You know, I, I think about, I have a personal experience with this not that long ago, not not uh, in in the realm of uh, digital identity thought, but I had my truck broken into not that long ago, right right and they were able to get some financial things out of that and it was less of a headache than I think we're talking about here but just having to think about because what I, what I had done and, and I know better than to leave my wallet in the vehicle but I had I didn't have good pockets that day and I took my <laughs> I took my driver's license out I took the the essential things out of my wallet so that I didn't have to carry my wallet for the afternoon that we were doing it and then I forgot to go back in and get it. So there were some cards in there that I don't even use, but were still in my wallet, and that's what they got. And so I had not only that, but I had to think of an inventory in my mind without having it written down of what, what I actually had so that I could make those phone calls and stop those payments from taking place. Uh, and, and everything worked out just fine. But I think about just the time spend on that, the violation you feel. I, I get the emotional... Adverse uh, consequence of that when you say felt angry, seventy six percent people felt angry. I was in that. I was in that bunch because it 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 you felt violated for sure.
3: Yeah, I think people need to realize this is uh, identity theft is big business. It's not just one person sitting in a room in a faraway land. It's not. Right. Um, in twenty twenty one, there was six hundred and ninety nine million dollars in losses. That's what people were scammed out of mm. from phone phone scans scams, I'm yeah. sorry, alone. Mm-hmm. And that's just one little sliver of the big identity theft uh, pie there.
2: Yeah. And, and here's the the rub of this. It really makes doing business hard. Uh, you know, when, when we're trying to contact clients about things about their account, Uh, They are very suspicious of, okay, is this a legit email? Is this a legit communication? Are you sure you're from GenWealth when you're calling and that Mm -hmm. type of thing? And so it makes it very difficult to to deal with. I get it. I, I understand. You don't want the pain. And anguish of having to deal with identity theft, or the financial loss. Even though banks and credit card companies and things of that nature are very quick to make up uh, the you know the the uh, problem if you have money stolen out of your account, but we get it. But there are things that you can do. I think that 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 really help you to prevent. Identity theft from happening in the first place.
1: Yeah, a, a lot of uh, a lot of that research has been borne out in some polling and some surveys as well. Uh, you think about what you can do. Victims reported discovering identity crimes in the following ways: forty-two percent check their credit reports. That's obviously a good thing to do on a routine basis, uh, not after the fact, but just before as a preventative key. You'll you'll see uh, obviously anything abnormality that has taken place possibly on that. 41% noticed unauthorized transactions on their accounts. Uh, 36% received a bill for goods or services they didn't buy. You know, I think about that on the banking side. You know, it's real easy today uh, in the past. And when I was a kid and, and had my first checking account, I mean, you had this concept that you don't ever hear about called reconcile your bank statement, right? <laughs> because you, you got it once a month, right? And you And you saw all, and that was the first time you'd seen any of the transactions. Of course, we weren't making nearly as many electronic uh, transactions back then either. But all my checks had cleared. I could see I could balance my checkbook, but I could also see on there if anything happened that I wasn't aware of. But now we've got the ability to do that almost in real time by having these digital uh, entries into or electronic entries into these websites for where all of our banking takes place. I got to be honest with you and maybe it's just because I'm a financial guy but I look at I look at my bank every day. Every day I'm yeah. looking at that to and not necessarily for that reason but I'm going to see it because I look at it every day and because those monthly statements may not be mailed to us anymore in paper form we, I think a lot of people it's kind of out of sight out of mind and they don't routinely check to see what's even happening.
2: You know, one of the big things uh, for uh just out and out theft in bank accounts is that Uh, If someone gets your bank account information, then they can actually do what's called a pre-note. They can actually do a little test. And you might see, you know, five cents or, or a penny or a dollar or something like that and think nothing of it. But that is actually just a test to see if they can go into your bank account and pull a, a significant amount of money out. And sometimes that comes in the form of a large amount of money at one time. Sometimes it comes in the form of a little bit, you know, along the way. If they can get that going, then they can steal a lot of money and you might not even notice it.
3: Yeah. Uh, you know, I kind of feel like technology has helped create this problem. Yeah. But but advances in technology have also helped... Um, kind of curbed this problem. So, yeah. you know, just even it, uh, as far back as 2016, which is not that long ago, uh, most people reported that they didn't know that their identity had been stolen until a month after it happened. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, now in 2021, at least, um, most people reported that they figured it out the next day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's good news, at least.
2: Scott, let's talk about one of the big things that is out there these days that, you know, sometimes – an email can look very legitimate, Mm -hmm. but it has some link on it that when you click on that link, everything just falls apart and, and that you open the door to these identity thieves in technological ways that you don't even really know. So let's talk about how you can actually recognize a phishing email. That's what it's called phishing, P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G. But basically, they're phishing into your email account, seeing what they can pull out of that email account to uh, be able to steal your identity. And I think we've actually got a graphic that we want to share with you on this. So let's talk about these for just a second. Number one, a phishing email will ask for sensitive information, passwords, credit card information, credit scores, or tax numbers, especially via a link or a download. It doesn't know your name. Dear valued customer, that is very often how that is, but sometimes more sophisticated uh, phishing attempts actually do know your name, so you have to be careful with that. Here's one that is a really uh, very good telltale sign. It is not from a domain email. Uh, For example, ours is at getreadyforthefuture.com. A phishing email is not going to come from at GetReadyForTheFuture.com. It will maybe come from at GetReadyForTheFuture.com, PDQXYZ, whatever. You know, there's some other information in there because it's not legitimately coming from our email server. It doesn't use correct grammar or spelling. That's a dead giveaway. That especially is, uh, You've seen that. That's many a time. big one. Um,
3: yeah. that, that, that one reminds me of a, a story. So Microsoft is not going to send you an email with misspelled words. It, no. It's not going to happen. No major company is going to send you an email with misspelled words. I walked into my great aunt's house one time uh, a few years ago and she was on the phone with somebody because she had gotten an email that, that she had some virus and it, there was misspelled words everywhere. Uh, the other thing that no company is ever going to ask you to do is go to you know Target or Walmart or wherever and get um, gift cards to to be able to pay for the service. Mm, That's yeah major sign of a scam.
2: Yeah, and the other thing that you can find out on on these things, usually if there is a link on this, you can hover over that link. It's called a URL, but you can hover over that link. Don't click on it, but hover over it with your mouse to inspect the link. And if it looks like it is not to a legitimate uh, web address or URL, then don't click on it. You can find lots of helpful resources uh, for this info on our social media and in our podcast notes, and we'll have a, a, a copy of this graphic. If you're listening on radio, you can go to our uh, social media at, at uh, on Facebook or on Twitter and take a look at the seven signs of a phishing email. Uh, this is one of the big ones that target people, and it's really easy to get fooled in
1: situations like this if you're not careful. Yeah. And there's all kinds of ways that that transpires. A lot of times uh, it may just, it, it you know, it, it and we have to be on the defensive too, because there may be uh, a phishing email that looks like it might be coming from a client and they're wanting money, right? So that's, that's right. that you know, on our side of things uh, is one of the many reasons that we take extreme measures too to protect our client's identity and their ability to withdraw money. Let's talk about that for just a second. You know, uh,
2: oftentimes, you know, people will just say, hey, I'm going to shoot John an email and get, you know, $5,000 out of my account, right? We can't do that. We cannot just send you $5,000 out of your account, because you told us to in an email, we have to talk to you, we have to verbally speak with you and authorize that transaction. And I know that sometimes is frustrating to people. You right. know, they they are busy and they want to get stuff done, so they shoot out an email and they think, oh, that's just easy, I'll get this uh, taken care of. That's not, this is here to protect you. We have to call you and confirm that it's okay for us to send that money out, especially if we have to, Troy, sell something in the account to actually generate that money.
3: Right. Either way, we need to talk to you in person. But I'll tell you where this comes in uh, is a benefit to you, even though it may seem frustrating sometimes, is let's say it's not $5,000. Let's say it's $50,000. So I have a client call in and they don't normally take large chunks out. So they call in and say, hey, I need $50,000. Well, you know, part of our job is to politely say, okay, we can help you with that. What's going on? You know, you fixing up the house, but you know, what, what are you planning to do with the money? And sometimes, and this has happened for sure, that they will give us a story of, well, I have this opportunity to do this. And, you know, this person told me I'm going to make a ton of money. Mm. And we've heard that story before, Mm. and it's been a scam. Mm. So we're able to get ahead of things and, and warn that client. And and prevent some of this from happening, Scott. There are a number of measures that I think people need to be
2: aware of yeah. that we do here at Gen Wealth. To uh, and and may not you may not understand the rhyme or reason behind it, but today we want to kind of peel back the veil and explain to you why we do certain things here at Gen Wealth. Yeah,
1: and to put a bow on that conversation about not taking instructions via email for a distribution into a bank account, we do have automatic distributions that can be set up with a client signature on a form. We're not talking about, you know, the monthly distributions that we're taking. This is mainly to protect against unusual or random uh, requests, and so verbal uh, confirmation is necessary there. But, yeah, our our process to uh, really secure your uh, identity and make sure that it's you when we get requests and it's you that wants uh, the things done that are asked for – it begins with our initial appointment here at Gen Wealth. When you come into the office, we're going to ask for your driver's license. So, you know, sometimes you get a a look on the face too that first appointment. Now, why like, do, you why, why dr- do you need my driver's license? Yeah. Well, here's why. I mean, first of all, we're going to need the information on the driver's license if we're going to open an account. Uh, that that's part of the process too. But the other part of it is we want photo identification in all of our offices. You know, as we've grown and we've spread out across the state of Arkansas, we may have. In fact, uh, uh, just today, I had a client drop something off in the Conway office. He's my client, but he lives in Bologna, and he, he will come to the Little Rock office, but there's more convenience for him just 10 miles away in the Conway office. Well, guess what? The people in the Conway office have never met this client, right? right? So it helps us to have photo identification in our system to be able to recognize the client in any office at Genoa.
2: And so let's play that out for a little bit. Let's say that someone walked in and told someone in the Conway office that they were your client, right. and I need a copy of my application. Well, if we don't have a way to physically verify that you are who you say you are, then if we provide you that copy of that application, then we've just given that person all they need to steal that person's identity. Right. And, and so that's why we do that. When you come in, we ask you for a copy of your driver's license so that we can be sure to protect your identity. Scott, another thing that we do uh, is to do what is called trusted contact forms. And this is essentially where you as the client name or designate a person who is able to be contacted on your behalf if something doesn't quite seem legit. Uh, And this could be, you know, a, a identity theft thing. It could be a cognitive thing. You know, uh, things like dementia slip up on people or, you know, accidents happen and people are not in their right mind or whatever the case may be. And there may be need to contact someone that you trust that we can verify that, you know, everything's going on okay with you. And so that's something that we do uh, to, again, protect not only identity theft, but to protect the security of your finances here
1: at GenWealth. You know, and I think about that, too, when you talk about cognitive. That's another, I think, uh, point of emphasis that we could bring out here in this discussion. It's not directly related to identity theft, but it could be. If you have aging parents uh, and they are having diminished... Uh, cognitive skills or cognitive abilities they are really targets uh, primary targets of the scammers of the identity thieves that are out there and there are scams that specifically target seniors so if there is a diminished cognitive skill they are more vulnerable there's no question about that I think everybody would realize that but there should be if you're in one of those situations there should be uh, steps taken, like maybe a power of attorney put in place uh, for someone uh, so that they would be able to act on their behalf and make sure nothing uh, is going wrong fraudulently. I think I could uh,
2: safely say that, you know, if you are contacted by someone and they tell you they are with Wealth or they are with LPL Financial or they are with Independent Advisor Alliance, Then the thing that you need to do is if you don't recognize the voice of that person on the phone and you haven't had a relationship with that person, you need to get that person's name and extension and then call us here at GenWealth to verify the veracity of that phone call. Troy, I know that's something that that is going on these days that people really need to be aware of.
3: Call us, or you know, if if you think you're part of a phone scam and you don't want to call, just to be sure, come to an office. You can walk in anytime and, and talk to someone at GenWealth and make sure that what you're dealing with is legit.
1: When you think about it, all of these things that you are uh, giving to your financial advisor, like social security numbers, driver's license numbers, all of this personally identifiable information should be Secure both from a digital storage perspective, but also the human side of that. I think that's what we're playing out here is there has to be someone who is aware of that, more than one someone's uh, that is aware of uh, protecting that for you. So it goes back to having a trusted advisor with a plan. And it also highlights for me, which we do often on this program, the value that goes far and beyond uh, investing. The value. Of a trusted financial advisor is more than just getting you a good return on your investment. Think about if you don 't have if you have someone who is not intentionally aware and and cognizant and proactive about keeping all of your information safe and secure. How much could you lose there right
2: yeah and one of the things that that I think is really helpful. Uh, here at GenWealth as we work as teams. Uh, and so, for instance, uh, I have a team. Uh, Candace Stanley is on my team and Lexi Pruitt is on my team. Uh, the, we work all three together with our clients. And so our clients know that if one of the three of us call, then it's very legitimate. Or if they get a call from someone, it's not one of the three of us, then they can very easily call either of the three of us to verify that whoever that is is that's calling is actually legitimately calling on Gen Wealth business. So it's very clear that that things like this can be prevented. You just have to be in a in a position where you understand the dynamic of what's happening and don't make snap decisions about something because somebody calls you up and says, Oh, we got to do something real quick. Uh, Very rarely does anything have to move really quickly in the financial world for you to be okay. And as always, you always have time to verify the veracity
1: of that phone call. Well, there's no question that we can totally commit that there's nothing ever bad going to happen to you. But a plan and a relationship with an advisor can't always prevent bad things from happening, but it can help you be prepared for if or when they do happen. And, you know, your financial plan is really the same way. This is all part, all of our discussion today is really part of the overall financial plan and the ongoing relationship with a trusted financial advisor. But the financial plan is the same way, guys. We can't promise that bad things won't happen, but we need to have a plan that expects them to happen or at least prepares for the uh, possibility that they might. Well, having a team working on your behalf,
2: I think gives you a great deal of comfort of knowing that, okay, there are more eyes than mine just looking at this thing. And there are people that I can go to if I have questions. Oftentimes when people get scammed, they get scammed because either they are faked out by something or they are led down a path that, you know, is, is maybe seemingly right. For instance, calling up and saying, you know, the market's going to hell in a hand cart. You got to do this right now. We need to move your money. And, and, you know, obviously, if there is anything going on, your advisor is going to be the one to reach out and talk with you. It's not going to be someone from LPL. It's not going to be someone from Independent Advisor Alliance. It is going to be someone from GenWealth, talking to you. And it should be someone that you're very familiar with, or at least you have met at some uh, occasion when you're in the office, or you've had an occasion in the previous days to talk with. So those are all things I think that you need to be aware of as you work through this process. And the planning, Scott, I think when you think about bad things happening, when uh, what the essence of a financial plan is, is that it is a roadmap for when bad things happen. We know bad things are going to happen. We know that the markets are going to be tumultuous. We plan for that. When people are calling and and asking, hey, do I need to be worried about what's going on in the market? Oftentimes, we can legitimately look at them and say, we've already planned for it. Your plan was built for a time exactly
1: like this. A reminder, once again, if you want to get more information on the things that we've talked about in the show today, whether it's the ways to recognize a phishing email or anything else, you can find helpful resources about this info on our social media uh, platforms, Facebook and Twitter, or in the podcast show notes. You heard the bell. It's time for our final thoughts. Troy, we'll start with you.
3: Yeah, I would say um, it's, it's very important when it comes to this identity theft. You, you need to have a professional that's in your corner uh, that can help you prevent these things from happening in the first place. But we can't prevent everything. So if you have that professional in your corner, then if something does happen, then you've also got someone that can help you sort through all this and you know resolve that problem.
2: Scott, it can seem like this is all kind of gloom and doom. All these identity thieves are out here and they're all circling around and what am I to do and all this type of thing. Oftentimes, it's it's very easy to deal with this first of all there's a lot of technological stuff that we haven't even talked about here on this show that gen wealth lpl financial and iaa have in place to protect your identity but also i think the 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 real thing is the relationship you have with your advisor your advisor is going to be aware of what's going on with your accounts and your your situation at Gen Wealth, and so a simple call to your advisor can cure a lot of the concerns that you might have if you're confronted with an identity thief.
1: If you want to know more about your financial security, there's other topics we'll be discussing at our town hall. It's at the Delta Hotel in Little Rock. It's on Tuesday, December sixth. It's our first uh, first in person workshop, or event since COVID. The doors open at 6 and the program begins at six thirty. It's about the future of social security and the financial markets and retirement. It's all free to you. You can learn more and reserve your spot at com forward slash academy. Reserve your spot today because space is limited. And that's all the time we have for this week's Get Ready for the Future show. As always, we are so glad that you joined us, and we hope you learned something today about how to keep your financial information safe. We'll talk to you again next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building toward financial independence, share the podcast with your friends and family. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Independent Advisor Alliance. Independent Advisor Alliance and GenWealth Financial Advisors are separate entities from LPL Financial.